Dear Diary, Why can't you hear a pterodactyl peeing? Because the pee is silent. Okay. But wait. Why does pterodactyl begin with a P anyway? Who designed this system? Why do we silence letters? Isn't there a purpose to making a sound? I suppose, much like humans, letters can have different jobs. Some letters must make a sound. Some have to support a sound, even if it isn't their own. Some letters have to stand back and not be heard, even when they're used to making all of the noise. Unlike letters, though, I think the sounds we make as humans should never be silenced. I refuse to be silenced. It's time to make some noise. With love and bubble guts, Dolores. Spoiler alert. We don't talk about Bruno. We need to talk about Bruno. Okay, no. We don't talk about Bruno. We need to talk about Bruno. And well, how he is the shit. Okay, I'll start. First, remember how I said your poop can say a lot about you? Yeah, well now think about this. Bruno is the shit because he revealed the truth about everything. He's also the shit because he's literally the elephant in the room, the trauma, the shit no one likes to talk about. And lastly, he's the shit, like the actual shit, La Familia tried to hide. Turns out, you can't just flush and forget. He was there the whole time, and with rats. Do you see the connection? Okay, but here's the real kicker, the shittiest part. Are you ready? We don't talk about Bruno. We really need to talk about poop, though. I can't stop singing it. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about it. The first book I got my hands on when I started this journey was Waste. One Woman's Fight Against America's Dirty Secret, written by Catherine Coleman Flowers. She opened my eyes to the actual world I live in, we live in, 
she describes the tragedy of what's happening under America's nose. And it fucking stinks. Black people in Lowndes County, Alabama, are literally living with shit flowing into their backyards and sometimes overflowing into their homes when it rains. Then, on top of that, being threatened with arrest if they don't fix their waste management systems. About 90% of residents of Lowndes County are living in households with failing or inadequate wastewater systems. And it's not just them. Rural communities across America, one of the richest countries in the world, are struggling with sanitation and health issues. You might know someone dealing with similar issues, but they choose not to talk about it. Because guess what? We don't talk about Bruno. Worst of all, the people we've chosen to speak for us, the people we've voted in to take care of our communities, aren't talking about it or doing anything about it. We need a new foundation. It's time we think about how we plan to repair or change our infrastructure. According to the Oxford Dictionary, infrastructure can be defined as the basic physical and organizational structure and facilities, e.g. buildings, roads, power supplies, needed for the operation of a society or enterprise. Where's the poop? I'm surprised sanitation didn't make the EG list. But not really, because remember, we don't talk about poop, though. Okay, when I say no one is talking about this shit, that's false. There are people talking about it. Jack Sim founded the World Toilet Organization back in 2001. There's a whole community of poopers out there making a big stink about our global sanitation, environmental, and health crisis. There's the Poop Project, Rich Earth Institute, Zulu, Flush, Ocean Sewage Alliance, Get Flushed Podcast, to name a few, and the list goes on and on. It's time to make 2022 the year of poo. It's time to make the toilet sexy. It's time we take the plunge and get down to business. The earth is changing. The waters are rising. And if we're not careful, we're going to find ourselves trudging through the bullshit figuratively and literally, as we scrounge for food and fight for resources that we actually need to survive. That's not the world I want to live in. That is not the world I want to raise my child in. It's time to get to work. Let's go. Speaking of people talking about these issues, I was lucky enough to interview Sylvia, 
Nyanka, the founder and CEO of Sina Consultancy. I'll let her do most of the talking, but Sina is doing great work providing equitable, dignified water sanitation to underserved and marginalized global communities. And we're so happy to get a chance to speak with her about Sina and their upcoming campaign. Okay, so I'm Sylvia Nyaga um, from Nairobi, Kenya. I have a training background in water and environmental engineering, as well as in social innovation management. And I run a startup that's called um, Sina Consultancy. It's a social enterprise that basically solves the challenge of inaccessible, um, safe and dignified um, toilets for persons who have mobility disabilities, as well as the elderly people and yeah, and the sick, right? Because this is this is a, such a huge problem in Kenya because most of the toilet facilities that we have are inaccessible. And then a huge number of these people live in rural areas. And what we have in rural areas are predominantly pit latrines. What's a pit latrine, you ask? Essentially, it's a deep hole in the ground used to collect fecal matter. A pit latrine generally consists of three major parts. A hole in the ground, a concrete slab or floor with a small hole, and a shelter. But not all latrines have shelters. The shelter is typically called an outhouse. Some outhouses have the luxury of a raised toilet seat. A pit latrine is typically at least three meters deep and one meter across. The hole in the slab should be no larger than 25 centimeters to prevent children from falling in. Did you know pit latrine technology dates back to early Mesopotamia in 3000 BCE. Except they did use running water to redirect the waste into street canals or cesspools. So pit latrines are basically holes <laughs> on the ground yeah. just to explain it maybe in a very simple way and if you can imagine like this person cannot squat um, either because then they're immobile or because they're too weak or fragile so what me this means is that they have to crawl just to use the toilet or they have to sit um, just like bum flat on the toilet to use it and yeah, and if that doesn't happen, then there's some who improvise and use like really small tins or containers, like the really tiny ones. Oh, yeah. yeah, which is messy, it's uncomfortable. Um, it's a age exposes them to diseases. It's embarrassing. And so <laughs> something that's really funny that people don't think about, even even if you don't go to the to the stretch of saying they will get diseases, uh, most of this um, group of people barely eat. Oh. Yeah, because they, they don't want to go to the toilet. That's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can oh, you watch that? Yeah. Yeah. So there's malnutrition that comes with it. Yeah. Yeah. And then 
whatever sanitary issues when um, leaving the toilet area, the latrine. I can only imagine. So what brought you to this um, business? Like, why did you decide this is something I have to do? Um, so one, I think because um, of my background, I'm super, super passionate about social impact work, regardless of whether it's in WASH or any other sector. It's something I've been doing since I was 18 years old. Not WASH, I started working in education, I worked in health, I worked in environment, all volunteer projects. Um, but then after I graduated um, from college, I thought, hmm, I have this degree in water and environmental engineering, so why not use it for just something good, right? Like, why not? Yeah, so that's why I decided to just pursue WASH. And then that was, that was the time that uh, there was a lot of hype about sustainable development goals. And I was like, okay, goal number six, that's what I'm going to do. Um, <laughs> so it didn't start as this idea. It started as um, an idea to actually filter using okay. water to like reuse it to the flash toilet. Yeah. And so um, I had designed like a small toilet, similar to a container based toilet with a urine filter. And then just in the process of like um, talking to people and pitching our idea at the time with our team, we got um, this one parent who has a child with a disability. Okay. And what he told us is uh, we should think of a way to like sort of um, redesign and rethink um, so that our toilet serves. Okay. Our people have mobility challenges there. Yeah, and that's where the idea came from because I've never lived with someone who has any kind of disability or an old person. So it's not a challenge I can say I've personally gone through. But then just from that um, conversation, we just empathize and we're like, oh, by the way, by the way, what do those people do? You know, it's, a, it's not something you think about. And I just thought it's, it's, it's a bigger problem than Twitter the new thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but none of us are thinking about how hard it is. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm amazed at the work you're doing. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. Um, you were you mentioned the campaign uh, that you're launching in a couple weeks. Do you want to talk about that for a little bit? Yeah. So we are launching a campaign that's called the Auto Love Toilet Campaign. So basically our product um, that's helping solve this challenge is called the Autolove Toilet. Okay. It's, uh, it's a portable toilet, uh, like the ones you use when you've been camping or like in caravan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then, so we've added a wheelchair component to it. Uh, yeah, so that, that's, the, that's, that's what we're providing to persons who have mobility challenges. It uses a biodigester. Okay. Same as the one that's used in quick latrines. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're basically enzymes. So it's very durable. It's environmentally friendly. Um, and what this does is it ensures that the waste um, in the toilet it doesn't have an odor because it's not emptied after every use. Nice. Uh, it also ensures that the cleaning process is easy. Um, yeah, for the caregiver, because also remember, some of these people have caregivers. And when we go back to the things that they use, um, so some, sometimes when the caregiver is going to empty the <laughs> your face. <laughs> I can't imagine doing that. <laughs> that was funny. Um, yeah, so when they're going to empty it, there's normally splashback. Um, 
sometimes it pours and squeals oh. on the floor. Yes, I can um, imagine. Yeah, there's there's no data for this, but I spoke to one doctor and he actually told me that the caregivers get more sick than the people who are mobility challenged, which makes a lot of sense because then they're also exposed to this person's risk. Yeah. Yeah. So where was and, I? And if you can't wash your hands properly right after, yeah. that's yeah. yeah. Then you spread it to the rest of the family. Right. Because a lot of times again, caregivers are women. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who care for these people who are sick and all that. And they're the same people who will cook. Uh-huh. Have, yeah. So like the wow it will spread um in the entire household, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. serious stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. how long have you been, when did you start uh, Sina Consultancy? Oh, it's, it's, it's been a journey. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's been a long journey. So from, from ideation, like from the, from the time I got this idea, that was 2017. Okay. In, in, around November, around November, um, I was still in college. Um, and then when I went to college, it was a bit far from about three hours okay. from like Nairobi. And Nairobi is where now everything is happening, right? In terms of startups, uh-huh. in terms of incubation centers, um, competitions, funding. That's where everything was happening at the time. And so I couldn't manage to like uh, move up and down. I had exams, which was my final year. I had projects. Um, yeah, so I just put it on hold, and then in 2019, now after I graduated, I now started pursuing it. Um, with I started with prototyping. I did three prototypes, got one MVP. The whole of 2019. Um, in 2020, there was COVID, so a lot of things didn't happen. Um, but then we were able to launch our pilot uh, program mm-hmm. in November 20. Then 2021, now we were finally in the market, maybe around June. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's been it's been a journey. It's been <laughs> it's been a process, it's been challenging. Uh, because number one, uh, because uh, people don't consider persons with disability, right? So just getting people to understand what you're doing is hard. Um, and one of the challenges you're actually facing is the price, the price of the product. It's a bit too high mm-hmm. um yeah for users considering a lot of them are not employed and if they are they're not well-paying jobs and so now again this is the reason why we are doing the campaign okay. just to one sensitize people and tell them that this is problem this is a challenge um that persons with mobility challenges are going through and number two just to raise funds to subsidize the cost okay. of the utilab toilet so that they're able to afford um, yeah, so over the last one year, we've done research, we've talked to our potential users, and they told us that they're willing to pay uh, between $100 and $150, okay. but, then, uh, but then the auto lab toilet goes for $300, so that's two times uh, <laughs> what they are able to pay for. So, so your campaign starts March 15th? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it starts um, March 15th and runs for 45 days. Okay. And our goal is to raise $50,000. Um, and what this will do is, number one, it will provide 200 families with the Utulab toilets. And then we'll also provide um, sanitation and hygiene training and sensitization to 1,000 people um, in the community. 
Okay. Yeah, that's, that's good. <laughs> that's, uh, I feel like part of the whole struggle is getting the information out there and right. Um, so is there like, uh, is it on your website where we can donate or where will we find how we should donate to the campaign? Um, so for now, I'd say you can check out our website. It's okay. www.sina.ca.ke. Um, yeah, you'll just get more information about what, what we do. You can follow us also on our social media pages. Okay. Facebook, um, Facebook is it's Saina Consultancy. Then Instagram and Twitter is at Saina Ltd. Uh, yeah, so we will be hosting. We'll be hosting the campaign on a different website, not on our website. Okay. But then, but then, if you follow us on our social media pages and our website, then you'll be able to know when the campaign launches, and we'll be able to send you a link. Okay. Um, yeah, to the campaign itself. The Toilet Bowl Diaries will be hosting a raffle giveaway to support and honor Sina Consultancy's campaign. Every $5 donated will be considered an entry. The fundraising campaign launches March 15th, so stay tuned here for details on how to donate and enter the giveaway. If you want to know more about Sina Consultancy, their website is sina.co.ke. Send a screenshot of your contribution to toiletbulldiaries at gmail.com to enter our first giveaway. The prize is TBD, but we promise it will not disappoint. If we can come together and work as a community Maybe we can save ourselves from a rotten ending. I hope to encourage others to speak up and address these issues too. If you have a story you want to share, send it to toiletbulldiaries at gmail.com. If you wish to remain anonymous, be like me. Choose a pen name, preferably a shitty one. If you want to chat with me on the podcast about a topic of your choice, Email me at toiletbulldiaries at gmail.com. I'm listening. I want to hear it all. Because all of this shit is connected. <laughs>